0: and the DLF family, a podcast, that's Tommy B, I'm the SFD, this is a super flex super show,
1: and here
0: we go, week 13 standard operating procedures, lucky 13, how lucky do you feel Tommy, because we've got, we've got what, six teams on by for week 13, <laughs> it just doesn't even feel, like that shouldn't even be legal.
1: Yeah, this is devastation from last week's joy of having no teams on by. We've got just some of the best teams too: the Bills, uh, the Bears, not so much the Vikings, uh, the Raiders, the Giants, and the Ravens. So it's just like this is going to be madness this week, man. Yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a tough
0: week. And I'd love to tell you that we've got the the waiver moves, the adds, the drops, the next week this week to make up for that but man like it's it's at a point in the season where it's pretty slim anyways and then but like how do you replace josh allen and uh, i i uh, lamar jackson i'll
1: i'll
0: (laughs) i'll admit like if you've been playing lamar jackson i mean it should be pretty easy to replace his 12 points but like you know who's who like are you really gonna get that from jake browning i don't know we'll see (laughs) yeah let's get taking a shot but i'm trying to give him his uh his credit where it's due as
1: well yeah we might circle back to him later um i hope so conversation yeah we've got to trash talk him a little bit more but um let's make sure if you guys are rostered real quick jake browning you already mentioned him we, we talked about him last week, John, and I said I was a little excited about possibly picking him up on waivers. And of the trash that we mentioned, he was, he was the best. He was the shiniest piece to the tune of 15 points last week. Um, Ty Chandler with the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, he's on by, but he has been a lone bright spot sort of in that running game. Alexander Madison hasn't done enough with the opportunities afforded to him, to be honest with you. And it might be Ty Chandler time. Uh, Same with Jeff Wilson with the Miami dolphins. Salvin Ahmed went on IR and Jeff Wilson played really well at tight end. Taysom Hill just every single year, this guy shows up on the make sure they're rostered list. He's throwing footballs. He's catching them. He's running. He's getting touchdowns and yes, fumbling as well. Um, (laughs) but a key piece to your tight end position potentially, as well as Isaiah likely.
0: Yep. And uh, man, so we're going to talk more about this, but New Orleans is kind of running out of pass catchers, yeah. <laughs> kind of running out of offensive weapons in general. So Taysom Hill becomes just that much more important, not to mention the fact that they're not, they don't seem to be totally sold on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't. Derek Carr has always been awful, but like, it, it, you know, you, you might be. First of all, they're not so sure that they want to go to Jameis Winston, but they are recognizing that Derek Carr is not the answer. Kind of the the way to go about this is to take on a little bit of a wildcat type of approach, and Taysom Hill ends up being featured even more.
1: Yeah. With, with Mark Andrews going out for the year, that really just leaves TJ Hawkinson and Travis Kelsey as the surefire starters week over week. And so if you're one of the 10 other managers in the league, why not fire up Taysom Hill? He truly has potential to be a 30-point player, especially in tight end premium uh, formats. Mm-hmm.
0: I still like those three young guys, Kincaid, Laporta and McBride, but just the, the acquisition cost is probably not going to be worth it at this point, especially in a dynasty league. So this is a way to, to fix it cheap and, uh, um, but still fix it completely for the rest of the season, at least. So Mm -hmm. like that one a lot, uh, some players you can add Joe Flacco. So Dorian Thompson Robinson goes out with an injury. Um, brutal hit to the, to the chest area from Baron Browning and uh, PJ Walker comes in and finishes the game. Um, They were finally kind of moving the ball against the Denver defense. And then PJ Walker comes in and is just absolutely dreadful. This is why they brought in Joe Flacco. You know, he was meant to be the insurance to Dorian Thompson Robinson. So we go from a healthy scratch to Quite possibly the starter in week 13. We had him as a next week this week last week. Whoa, last week he was a next week this week. Man, that's an awkward way to say that. But (laughs) this is why now, now, like now he's going to be a waiver priority. Bailey Zappi probably will as well. Although, yeah, he finally gets his opportunity, takes over in the second half for Mac Jones, does absolutely nothing with it. I, he's still the better quarterback of the two, but he's still not that good. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know, unfortunately. Uh, at running back, we've got Michael Carter for Arizona. He makes his Arizona debut, and, uh, he's, he's really kind of a, um, already taking a, away some work from James Conner and completely neutralizing everybody else. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Amari, uh, DeMar- Demarcado, Keontae Ingram, they're just not even factoring anymore. Uh, Royce Freeman, um, still involved, even with Kyron Williams coming back, blowing up, um, having a monster game. Uh, but Royce Freeman still getting a, a, a close to a 50-50 split with Kyron Williams. Uh, Tank Bigsby and Dearness Johnson, both with Travis Etienne, with that chest injury, um, Johnson's role has been growing quite a bit. Uh, uh, Bigsby did find the field; he was he was active, and he even got a couple snaps this week. But um, if you you've got to imagine that that increases quite a bit if Etienne were to miss some time. But Dearness Johnson becomes the most likely the starter uh, as long as Etienne would be out. And then Cordero Patterson has really just kind of turned that into a three-man backfield in Atlanta. Um, Tyler Algier definitely had his snap count reduced, so he was the main one affected by the usage for Cordero Patterson. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and we've seen in the past uh, the, the added dynamic that Cordero Patterson brings to that offense. So it felt like just a matter of time. Plus, they're not using their tight ends anymore. We're going to get to that in a few minutes as well. But uh, uh, they're kind of down to, like, it, it's it's basically Drake London, Bijan Robinson. Like, those are the only guys that they trust with the football in their hands anymore. So Cordero Patterson all of a sudden looks like a, a very intriguing weapon for them in that offense. A wide receiver, A.T. Perry. Again, New Orleans just so let's see, Michael Thomas on IR, Chris Olave goes out with a concussion, Rashid Shahid came into the game, banged up, left once with an injury, came back and then injured just kind of like just for good, I guess. <laughs> Finally, just kind of <laughs> just completed the the uh, the injury. Um he's suffering from multiple injuries at this point. It's very possible that AT Perry is your wide receiver one going into week 13. Um, Greg Dortch for Arizona, um, has really kind of been, so Michael Wilson's still out. Zach Pascal still out. It's possible that Zach Pascal comes back and cuts into what Greg Dortch has been getting 8.9 targets the, the past two weeks. Um, Kyler, Kyler Murray really kind of focused on Greg Dortch right at the moment. It's possible that Zach Pascal bring, take some of that back, but it's, it's, I, I would say that it's very unlikely. I think that at this point, Greg Dortch has really kind of solidified himself as the, uh, uh, the slot guy in that offense. Um, Cedric Tillman for Cleveland, uh, heavily involved this week xavier gibson um alan lazard was a was a healthy scratch this week like they're going full-on youth movement at this point and xavier gibson is the wide receiver too behind garrett wilson and then at tight end we've got joan johnson seven targets this week he also went out with an injury um but if he were to if if he were to play you know, back to the wide receivers missing. If if all those guys are out, A.T. Perry is your top wide receiver. Juwan Johnson is just straight up your top option in that offense.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what you're looking for at tight end as well. Is just, where can I get any reliable targets? Please sign me up for that. Um, Juwan Johnson is also somebody that we as a fantasy community have been in on in the past. And so it seems like a really cheap flyer um, to circle back to the quarterback position, I want to talk about Bailey Zappi and not in a good light. There's another quarterback who's kind of a running back slash wide receiver named Malik Cunningham, and he got signed to just a really bizarre three-year contract a few weeks ago with the New England Patriots. I'm wondering if you're going to roster a Bailey Zappi, um, you're probably hurting at the quarterback position, right? if you can afford to roster Malik Cunningham as well, just to see how this, how, how this quarterback room shakes out because we know they're done with Mac Jones. He may still play, but they have no aspirations that he is their quarterback moving forward. And it just feels like Bailey Zappi. If he was going to be the guy he would have had an extended opportunity right now. Um, And, and so I'm just, I'm feeling a little bit, like taking a a flyer on a Malik Cunningham. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I love that move. That's the thing. Like if you're going to bench Mac Jones, you bench him all the way. See what you've got with Bailey Zappi. If you don't like what you see, see what you've got with Malik Cunningham. There's just kind of no reason to go back to Mac Jones at any point. You know that you're done with
1: him. Just, just be done. Totally, totally. And this is the time of year where, some of these innocuous waiver moves that we're making turn into league winners. And if I were to pick out a wide receiver, potential league winner, it would be A.T. Perry, even though he had a totally inauspicious start. I mean, he was kind of terrible, fumbled. I think he had two targets or something. There's just nothing else there. And if this offense is going to move at all, A.T. Perry is going to have to be involved by default. So I really like that ad, as well as Royce Freeman. I mean. He has been kind of a unsung hero in this L.A. Rams offense. He's just grinding out really productive yards. And let's say Kyron Williams goes out again. The offense is going to revolve around the running game more and more as the season wears on because the passing offense just hasn't been working super well. And so if I were to pick out two players, those would be the ones out of this list that I feel most strongly about as potential league winners as we move into the playoff season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's all relative, right? Like this week yeah. just kind of isn't a great week for waivers. Yeah. Um, And and again, it's tough because it's a little bit of a by Armageddon by Armageddon. Is that what we call it? I don't know. Sure. I don't I don't like doing that anyway. So. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's a tough week anyways, and then not great options here, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, the best of the bad to me, I'm with you, AT Perry, um, Cedric Tillman, man, really kind of coming on. And then if they, if we do see Joe Flacco, I, for uh, Joe Flacco, of course, would be startable in a super flex league. Mm -hmm. Um but I think that the bigger thing that we're looking for from Joe Flacco, we talk about this all the time with quarterback changes. What we're looking for more is, uh, just kind of the enhancement of some of the weapons and Cedric Tillman, um, particularly with Amari Cooper nursing an injury now too, like, um, after he took a big shot to the, to the midsection as well. Uh, Cedric Tillman was heavily targeted, The rest of that game. So um that that could be another another pretty sneaky one, but man, it's just kind of a rough week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's move on to some next week. This week players. Like you mentioned, John, there are a ton of teams on by and two quarterbacks may be dropped as your league mates are managing their rosters, right? They may be Tied against a roster limit and they drop, let's say a Tommy DeVito or an Aiden O'Connell. Both guys, to me, are worthy ads and stashes if you can afford to hold them on your roster this week because neither one is going to score points for you while they're on their bye. But down the stretch, if you're in a pinch, both players can give you something like 15 points in your super flex position. So keep an eye on that after your waivers run, see if those guys get dropped. And if so, go ahead and snag them. Same with Kyle Trask. Um, I'm going to let you talk on him in just a minute, John, um, but another worthy addition on a next week, this week play. I'm going to keep talking about Leonard Fournette every single week until this happens. Buffalo is also going to be on by, but it feels like time. That running game has not been performing the way that I would expect them to. It's really been the Josh Allen show. And I'm just waiting somewhat impatiently for Leonard Fournette to make a mark on this offense, because I really feel like that's possible. And so please stash him if he's on your waivers, hold him for a week, and hope like I am that it's going to pay off for you as we move into the playoffs. One guy I've seen in redraft get dropped is Damian Pierce. Devin Singletary has been pretty good for the for the uh, Houston Texans. And I see why folks would drop Damian Pierce. This is a bet on talent of last year's production and knowing that we're not very good at predicting how running back usage is dictated um, down the stretch. And so we're just going to take a flyer on Damian Pierce, knowing he's done it before, and there's an opportunity to get that running back for free right now. Austin Eckler, I'm still not necessarily convinced that he is the Austin Eckler of old or of several weeks ago. And so I am going to make another bet on his backup, that being Joshua Kelly. The end of season schedule is just unbelievable for the LA Chargers. And I want a piece of that if I can, especially for free. It feels like there's a reckoning coming for the LA Chargers. And I wouldn't be surprised if they mix things up a little bit. And Josh Kelly could be the recipient of that fortune. Um, Chris Blair, I've never heard of him, John. You added him to this list. <laughs> I'm going to pause right now cuz I need you to tell me about Chris Blair. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I hadn't really heard about Chris Blair, although like we sh- we should have known. Uh, uh <clears throat> he was he was kind of the second best wide receiver in the XFL behind Josh Gordon, if that uh, means anything to you over the last couple of years. Um but the big thing is we just we uh, we know that this Atlanta Falcons offense just has nothing to offer beyond Drake London and Bijan Robinson. They should care more about the tight ends, but they don't seem to. Um, and again, we're gonna talk about that very shortly. But you know, the there's kind of an opportunity there for the number two wide receiver. Chris Blair uh is the one that seems like he's gonna get the next shot at this. Um, Kadero Hodge just kind of not really separating from anyone. Tutu Atwell, or not Tutu, uh, Van Jefferson, the other Ram, um, he just not able to get involved. And so they really, they finally just kind of gave a little bit of a target share to Chris Blair. And I, it seems like they like what they see. And, uh, PFF grades him, um, pretty highly. So, uh, very, very much a speculative kind of deep sleeper type, but, yeah. Uh, there's, there's an opportunity there.
1: Don't, don't tell Arthur Smith that PFF graded him well, or he's never going to see the field again. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, in my deeper leagues, I'm, I'm going to trust you, John, and I'm going to take a flyer on Chris Blair in one league. Just so I, if, if magic happens, I want to be a part of that, um, yep. that XFL stardom, but a, a couple other guys, uh, Keyshawn Butte, um, With Zappi taking over, this is really how offenses work, right? The guys who are passing to the number two options in practice, when they get playing time um, in live action, they pass to those same wide receivers. They have preferred targets as well. Um, Keyshawn Bute is a viable option. Hunter Renfro has been coming on of late as well for the Las Vegas Raiders. Ever since um, the coaching change, it's really been a different offense, a different situation for Hunter Renfro. And he's somebody that I'm honestly considering carrying into the off season as well. I could see um, either a change of scenery or a expanded role and some rumors that maybe he's going to have a more uh, re- relevant place in that pecking order in Las Vegas. At tight end, of course, we have to mention Tegan Catoriano getting healthier by the minute, I've been told. Um, oh, yeah. Dalton Schultz has been seeing reduced snaps to prepare for the fact that Tegan Katoriano is <laughs> looming large. Um, he will see, what is that, two weeks until Tegan is back? Is that right, John?
0: That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, so
1: yeah. This, this is the week to grab him, um, put him on the back of your roster and just prepare for uh, hopefully a bevy of, of PPR points. But if you don't have Tegan on your waiver wire, Will Mallory – another great option as a next week, this week player. A lot of names there, John, who out of the next, next week, this week, guys, are you most interested in?
0: Obviously Teagan. I I just really appreciate your willingness to just kind of straight faced uh, humor. This, this uh, like (laughs) indulge me on, on Teagan Quatoriano and I feel like we're going to get paid out on this um, for, uh, for being so willing to, um, to go to bat for him. but. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you talked about Leonard Fournette. I think that's your guy, Yeah. um, out of this entire group. And, and man, I like, I, I love, I love Josh Kelly. I love these wide receiver options. Um, love the tight ends, but Leonard Fournette, I had a conversation with somebody in DMs the other day, cause they were talking about like, can I drop Leonard Fournette, um, you know, to make some room for. It, you know, needed a backup at some other position. Don't remember what, and this was a roster that also had Noah Brown, um, had somebody else, another wide receiver that it was like the wide receiver five and six, um, on this roster where you start two. and I was, that's where I was saying I, I Leonard Fournette is my last cut out of those three guys. Just because of the upside. I would rather drop Noah Brown. This is in Redraft League, of course. Um, But I would rather drop Noah Brown and see what I've got with Leonard Fournette at this point.
1: I'd do the same in Dynasty, really, without hesitation. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I have no problem dropping those fringe wide receivers because I know my league mates are going to spend big um, with their fab. And I honestly... If I had to make a bet today on who's going to score more points the last two weeks of the season, it's going to be Leonard Fournette over Noah Brown.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and forget what they're going to score. Like who's actually going to be startable for you even, you yeah. know? Yeah. So like, Leonard Fournette, you're going to know, you're going to know, like is he startable or not? It's going to be thumbs up or thumbs down. It's not a, it's not even going to be a, uh you know what can we reasonably expect here it's gonna be if he's startable he's a must start mm-hmm. he's yeah. like winner where noah brown it's like like what what all has to go wrong for you to get him into your lineup if he's your wide receiver six you know so Definitely. yeah yeah i think i'm with you i think it's a dynasty move as well um at least for a contender if you're gonna rebuild Uh, obviously I think you want to hang on to the wide receiver, but for contenders, yeah, get the wide receivers out of the way. This is something we talk about all the time, get the wide receivers out of the way and start investing in running backs who have a path.
1: Yeah, totally. I've got a redraft drop though, and it kind of hurts my heart a little bit to say this. I've, I've had enough. Um, I'm willing to throw in the towel on Kyle Pitts in Mm -hmm. redraft leagues, I had really high hopes for Pitts coming into the season. If I had to put together a short list of players who I thought could finish as you know, the top handful of tight ends, Pitts was on the back end of that list consistently. It has not gone well, and it's only gotten worse. His snap share has gone down almost every week for the past four or five weeks. He's now a 50% snap player. Um, he's not demanding targets. He's not getting separation. His yards per route run are terrible. And that offense is just so frustrating. You can do better probably on the waiver wire, uh, than Kyle Pitts. And honestly, if you're still rostering him at this point, I would imagine you have a different option somewhere on your roster already. And you're just holding him like me, probably on name value and and hope that it's going to turn around. But we're at the point in the season where I don't want to hold dead weight. And that's what Kyle Pitts is in redraft. And
0: I know what you're thinking. If the workload is going down for Kyle Pitts, that means it must be going up for Johnny Smith, right? Very, very wrong. So not only am I dropping Johnny Smith in redraft leagues, because he's getting even, uh, even fewer snaps than Kyle Pitts, and... The difference between the two, beyond you know, at least Kyle Pitts is on the field half the time. He also got targeted three times, I believe. Um, John Smith didn't even record a target. Yeah, they've got a four man committee going at this point at tight end Parker Hess, and I can't remember the the fourth, but they're just it. it, It's it. He's Arthur Smith is just Arthur Smithing this thing. And uh, Johnny Smith, very droppable in redraft. And at this point, I would consider doing it in dynasty as well.
1: Yeah. And like, this is a, a bonus transaction for the super friends. If someone like me is this down on Kyle Pitts, maybe he's a dynasty buy because this can't go on forever. Kyle Pitts is like 22 years old, 23 years old. Eventually, this has to turn around, right? Like, we've seen it with Evan Ingram. It- I don't know. I just I feel terrible about even having Kyle Pitts on my roster, and I just I want it to end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Especially again those those three young guys, Kincaid, Laporta, McBride, that new wave of tight ends. It's just kind of really illustrating what Kyle Pitts should be by now, yeah, and the fact that he's not. <laughs> just kind of makes it feel that much worse you know <laughs> to, to see inferior athletes becoming like elite level tight ends yeah the, like the way he should have by now so yeah this is
1: just the storm cloud that hangs over your head and dumps rain on you all day we got to move on john <laughs> <laughs> I know. could could hammer on this all day but yeah <laughs> what are you uh, fading
0: i'm fading chuba hubbard um nice game uh, this week for Carolina, uh, in a very good matchup, but Miles Sanders basically split the workload with him. Um, still staying very involved in that offense and now their strength of schedule gets, gets tough. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's mid at best the rest of the way. Um, their, their best matchup is, uh, here in week 13, but um, and so beyond that, I mean, it just goes downhill big time for running backs. And if you're splitting a workload and not only that, it's not just that these are tough defenses against the run. it You're also going to end up in a pretty negative game script for the running backs in most cases. And then so we're talking about low volume, um, you know, very few opportunities. And now they're going to get cut in half between those two players I want nothing to do with either of them and if somebody's willing to to buy on Chuba Hubbard right now because of the game he just had man like you're you're kind of they're kind of throwing you a life preserver and I'm also fading Christian Watson after the monster game he had with everybody else you know at least somewhat deemed up very good matchup um, ended up being a, a good game script as well so um, it, it, Christian Watson Watson is just so spotty and always has been. And I it, I just am not willing to, to make a bet that what he just did is going to be sustainable.
1: If you want to make a bet and you want to bet against Christian Watson, what you do is you find the manager who has Dontavian Wicks and you get him in a second round pick and you send Watson out the door. Because you're gonna you're gonna double your return in that case. Somebody is going to be the deep threat. And Wicks looks like a really good player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do if I had Watson. Unfortunately, I don't have much, or maybe fortunately. Um, so I can't trade him away right now off that off that big game. The guy I want to fade is actually the QB two on the season. Um, that's Jalen Hurts. He was just awesome. Did you did you watch the game this week, John?
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh. it was it was so funny to see uh, Eagles Twitter, Eagles X just losing their minds, wanting to fire offensive coordinator Brian Johnson for <laughs> three quarters. Yeah. And then and then in 15 minutes, Jalen Hurts essentially locks up the MVP award.
1: Yeah, dude has ice in his veins. He, he was unbelievable. It was a great game. Loved watching it. Um, And a couple of other big games coming up. So week 13, they're playing the 49ers. And then week 14, the Eagles are playing the Cowboys, right? So two huge NFC games coming up. Let's say that the Eagles win both of those games. They've only got one loss on the season and three pretty easy matchups um, to end the season with the Seahawks, Giants, and Cardinals for our fantasy playoffs. I'm wondering with Jalen Hurts having that knee injury and the injuries sort of mounting and the wins stacking up, do we start pulling Jalen Hurts at halftime or in the third quarter or maybe even resting him in week 17 and 18 if they have a big enough lead over the competition? Let's say that they beat the 49ers and Cowboys. That's pretty much the top of the NFC that they've defeated. There isn't a lot to play for potentially down the stretch. I could see the Eagles maybe having a more conservative run-based uh game where they're protecting Jalen Hurts because they know the playoffs and the Super Bowl are the real goal. So it's not a bet against Jalen Hurts specifically. It's more a hedge against an injury and just a dominant season overall that the Eagles have had.
0: Yeah, I like that one a lot because man, that's gonna be a that could that could be a massive, massive trap in week mm-hmm. 17. Because I mean I can't imagine that they rest him for the entire game, not against a division rival, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if there's any opportunity to to mess with the Dallas Cowboys' seating, or even their you know their their ability to get into the playoffs. Uh, Yeah, you know the Eagles would be happy to knock them out or knock them at least knock them down a little. So, um, but you know he would so he would play. But I think you're right. It could be a very heavy, uh, you know they they could lean very heavily on the run that game, mm-hmm. and Which has you been know really
1: successful.
0: Yeah, and th- so this is kind of what we talk, uh, why we talk about lineup hacks all the time to kind of start to prepare for things like this. Because, but you know, it's going to be a really hard move for people to bench Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. but. You yeah. know, if you, if you start preparing for it now and get to a point where you feel comfortable with your options in week 17, it'll be a lot easier for you to avoid a potential trap.
1: Yeah. John, this is the first time I have ever benched Patrick Mahomes. I did it last week in several leagues. God, you have to, right? Spot. Yeah, it felt yeah. wrong. It, it felt like the wrong move because you're, you're never supposed to bench Patrick Mahomes. But it's just not happening for him, not to the degree that some of these other quarterbacks are performing at. And so you just have to be prepared to look past the name of Jalen Hurts here and say, like, is the situation putting him at the peak of his fantasy powers? I have questions about that. Um, But enough about him. Who are you buying this week?
0: Who am I buying? I am buying, I'm buying Javante Williams. First of all, 70% snap share. That's the highest of his career. Uh, I'd say the knee issue is completely in the rear view mirror at this point. Um, and uh, the, the only thing that's missing right at the moment, Samaj P. Ryan's still taking a lot of goal line work um, away from Javante Williams, including getting uh, in the end zone on the first drive. But Everything else is there for Javante Williams. It's a, it's, it's a low-volume passing attack um, that's winning games. You've got a defense that's keeping you in positive game scripts for the running game. It just kind of everything is lining up for Javante Williams to just get a massive, massive bell cow workload. The rest of the season and I'm also Buying rashi rice as much as Pat mahomes is struggling the One thing that he is starting to figure Out is that he has exactly one NFL caliber Wide receiver Mm -hmm. And that's rashi rice he's getting uh, He got career highs In uh, targets Receptions and yards this Week so um, the usage Going up part of it is You've got a lot of guys injured um, But Again, you're also just kind of, you, you've you've got a, a quarterback and an offensive coordinator kind of figuring out that you've got really one guy that you really want to target.
1: Love both of those. I'd be willing to honestly add to Austin Eckler right now to get into Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. That to me feels like the move. Um, guy I'm buying is Michael Pittman. He has performed really as a wide receiver one, if you look at the advanced metrics, over the past two years. He's at two yards per route run, um, a little over a third of the time. He is the first read target in that offense. But really, if you look at fantasy points, he is the wide receiver 17 on the season, which doesn't sound great, but he's in a very large tier right now. Um, The difference between wide receiver 10, Puka Nakua, And wide receiver 17, Michael Pittman, is less than one point per game. And so what I typically try to do is find the bottom guy in this tier and shop around, and that happens to be Michael Pittman. Um, Not married to the the name, just married to the profile, and honestly, the cost. The cost is pretty low for a Michael Pittman right now. I don't know if uh, fantasy folks really see what has happened um, over the course of the past two years, He's a 150 target guy. He's a guy who can get 1200 yards, uh, six to 12 touchdowns. And that is a perfectly fine wide receiver too.
0: Yeah. Nice schedule the rest of the way too. Big so time. yeah, that, yeah, that's a good one. Including the last two weeks of the season uh, of the fantasy season. That is um, he's got Vegas and Houston, which are both bottom 12 uh, defenses against wide receivers. So Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Again, you know, we really kind of focus on contenders with the buys and holds and uh, Michael Pittman might be one of the bigger buys at wide receiver. How about some players you can sell? I actually didn't even have any because uh, you've got kind of a lot of names here. (laughs) I know that I like, I know that the analysis is the same on most of them. um, But yeah, we're, we're, we're having people drop plenty of guys without me coming up with some names <laughs> <laughs> or not. Yeah. Drop, but sell.
1: Yeah. I want to start at the top. Um, I feel like I hammered this guy a couple weeks ago um, for doing exactly what his head coach said he was doing. And that's not being a consistent runner. And Twitter hated that. They said, no, Brees hall is an elite athlete. Everything else around him is the problem. And while that's Mm -hmm. true, he also bears some blame. Since they're by, he's had 58 carries for 143 yards, which is two and a half yards per carry. He has been stuffed more than Miles Sanders and Rashad White. And that's at a rate. That's not total stuffs. He's getting stuffed more frequently than Miles Sanders and Rashad White, who are just honestly kind of terrible running backs this year. He's actually overproducing. Um, Right now he's at 13.7 points per game but he's only expected at 12.4, which is RB 25 over the past four weeks. His QB situation is not only not getting better, it might be getting worse. It has been God awful in the passing game. And that's really been the only thing that sort of scaffolded him is a decent target volume, but that does not feel consistent right now to me. His coach doesn't seem to love him very much. And the rest of the, uh, schedule through the fantasy playoffs is brutal. So I am selling Brees hall at the RB two prices that I'm seeing right now. What do you think of that one? I
0: like it for anyone who's trying to, uh, if you're competitive right now and um, you know, you're, you're trying to rely on Brees hall for the rest of the season. I'm all for it. Uh, I think he's a bot. Like he, he probably belongs in uh, next year, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, for a for a rebuild, I think totally. that he's a great one. But yeah, I mean, on top of everything that you said, I mean, there's a we talked about this. I think last week, there's a reasonable chance that they just shut him down once it becomes obvious that playoffs are not a possibility.
1: Yeah, totally. And if you're concerned about the fact that he is a running back, and as we move into the off season, that whole position just kind of gets devalued. There's going to be conversations about which running backs are even worth a first. And I think Brees definitely will comfortably rise above that tier. But a couple of trades that I saw over the last uh, few days, Brees Hall straight up for Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall for 224 firsts or Brees Hall and a 24 second for Bijan and a 24 third. You can actually get something on top and get Bijan. Um, I was stunned by that one. So sell Brees Hall, his value is really high. Um, His production over the next couple of weeks is probably going to dip. It hasn't been great already. And as we move into the off season, it's not going to get any better um, until probably August or so. Moving on to the next cells, I've got a four pack of quarterbacks. And they all kind of represent the same thing to me. Those are Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, and Russell Wilson. What do they have in common? They're all producing in mid to low tier QB2 ranges. Um, And right now, a lot of folks are still caught up in the point scoring season. And these players matter. Fast forward a month, and none of these players are going to have a whole lot of value. And so if you're holding quarterbacks, not playing QBX, this is, you know, sort of waving the flag for you. This is your time to sell if you want to. You don't have to, but they are not going to be worth any more than they are um, right now until about this time next year. I know you probably hate this one, John. <laughs> uh, I, so I don't I don't hate it, but I don't I'm not fully
0: on board. Yeah. Um, I and, and here's the thing, like it's kind of varying degrees is the problem. Um, I have a hard time bucketing these four players together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see much of a future for Geno Smith. Uh, I don't uh, Baker Mayfield's on a one year contract. Um, that's you know that's why we had Kyle Trask as the next week. This week we already saw uh, Baker Mayfield go out with an injury. Well, they're falling out of playoff contention as well. There's a good chance that we see Kyle Trask get more of an audition, uh, getting ready for next year. Now, I think Baker Mayfield finds a starting job somewhere, but, I mean, there's kind of no guarantees. And even if he does, we don't know for sure that it's a, a full season type of thing. It could be a bridge uh, type of scenario somewhere. So, like, there, there's there's kind of a lot for those guys. Goff feels pretty safe. Russell Wilson has a monster contract. <laughs> like, it's – they can get away from him, but uh, I – I don't know that they're going to do that. So, um, and put themselves like strap themselves financially to that extent. So, um, so, you know, I think those guys are, are safe, but, um, I mean, it's not like you're saying, you know, it's just, just get rid of them at all costs, like must sell. Um, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. It's just, the value is higher right now than it's likely to be, especially the way how ageist we get in the non-point scoring season when it comes to to quarterbacks. Um, Yeah,
1: I think you could probably sell one of these guys if you wanted to, and they're all in sort of different seasons of their quarterback purgatory lives. Um, And then in the off season, buy one of the other ones at a cheaper price. Just play the value game if you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got Russ in a few different spots and I have no intentions of selling him, but I know that I am probably losing some trade value by keeping him right now.
0: Yeah. We've got three quarterbacks for next year, this year, uh, that we can talk about. And all of them are very good options in terms of holding and increasing value through the non-point scoring season. Um, plus you get quite a bit younger, so Mm -hmm. this could be the pivot. I'll start with Jordan Love who just kind of, uh, first of all, has weapons everywhere. Um, really kind of starting to master that, that offense where finally, I mean, he started off this season looking rough. He looked like a rookie, you know, it, even though he had been on the bench for the last three, three years, it really kind of, uh, you know, it, it's like we expected that he's just going to fall off the bench and, Turn into Aaron Rodgers, and it it, it was just never going to go that way. But you're you're seeing the same type of progression that you would with any young quarterback finally getting a starting opportunity, and so you know we've got a trajectory here that could absolutely lead to um, long-term sustainability.
1: I love that one. It feels like there is a bit of a buy window. And I was a doubter. You can count me among them. Um, But I was doubting Jordan Love at his price coming into the season. I felt like he was overcooked a little bit. And now it feels like that value has dipped. And with other QBs falling off, um, this isn't a bad time to reinvest at the quarterback position um, in the vein of a a Jordan Love. One guy that nobody likes, and I I mean nobody. mac jones his his team doesn't like him nobody likes him um (laughs) i saw mac jones get traded for two 24 fourth round picks and to me this feels like we need to recognize what mac jones represents first round pick um, rookie year was on a success track he was somewhere you know in the top 16 quarterbacks in a lot of advanced metrics And he just kind of looked like one. He passed the eye test, not overly athletic, but he was doing things that were encouraging, right? Fast forward to where we are today. And like, he can't even throw a Microsoft tablet. Like he is just totally useless, confidence shattered, team hates him. But we've seen this story play out before many, many times with first round quarterbacks. They get a second chance and then a third chance and then a fourth chance a la Baker Mayfield, right? Mitch Trubisky is another great example. Jared Goff is another. I don't know where Mac Jones is going to end up at the end of his career. It's probably not going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's probably not going to be with a Pro Bowl on his resume. Um, But I am open to the possibility that he is going to find a better opportunity down the line. I'm open to the possibility that if I trade away two fourth round picks, that there is a day that I may start Mac Jones in a pinch, let's say on a bipocalypse, or that I can possibly trade him for a second round pick, or even more, one day, a year or two down the road. So if you're in a deeper bench super flex, you know, a 32-man super flex league, I will gladly pay two fourths for Mac Jones because I don't have any inkling that those fourth round picks are going to turn into anything close to Mac Jones.
0: Yeah. At that price, man, like like if that's the price for Mac Jones, you have to do it. Like what, what backup quarterback would you not give up two fourth round picks to get at this point? Like, yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Uh, the one other guy that we wanted to talk about is Bryce young. Um, Talked about him last week for rebuilders, uh, but we have to bring him back up with Frank Reich being fired. And the big thing with that is just kind of an acknowledgement that the the uh, the development of Bryce Young um, was not going the way that it was supposed to after the investment that they made to get Bryce Young as the number one uh, the number one overall pick, uh, and you know what it took to get there as well, including. <laughs> DJ Moore, and what would have been the first overall pick this year. Um, you know, after, after you make that move, you've got to do a better job of number one, developing the quarterback, but even more than that, number two, protecting the quarterback. Yes. They haven't been doing that. They didn't give him weapons. They didn't give him an offensive line. The running game is just kind of meh. It, 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 like it, you you watch the guy play and he looks just fine, other than the fact that he's constantly under pressure, you know, and just kind of checking down to Adam Thielen and the running backs. Like, it, but like the 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 information processing seems like it's there. The arm talent has always been there. there we're even seeing some mobility that people were worried about. Um, it's just a matter of fixing the personnel, and that started with firing the the head coach. And then from there, you just kind of, the blueprint includes fix the offensive line and maybe, and, you know, get him in, give it, get him an alpha wide receiver at some point.
1: This is coming for full circle, John. In week two, we talked about Bryce Young being a next year, this year player, because we saw this dip happening. We saw that he was not processing. He was the slowest processor of his reads in the entire NFL amongst starting quarterbacks all the way back in week two, we knew that this was going to be a struggle because you can look at the offensive line, you can look at the weapons and it's not a leap to say, this is not built up around a smaller quarterback. It's not ready for him yet. And so of course he's not going to have an accelerated growth curve. That's just not going to happen with the type of player that he is. And so if you have the ability to just punt to next year, which about half of you do at this point, it's time to invest in a Bryce Young because unlike week two, his price has fallen dramatically. He was a top 12 quarterback coming into the season in dynasty ranks right now. He's probably what QB 17 or so. Does that sound about right to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great buy opportunity, especially because I, I mean, I think you and I both agree there isn't anything inherently flawed with him that we've seen right now. We just haven't seen enough positive reps because the situation has been imperfect enough to prevent us from getting a good sample size on that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, those flaws that develop with quarterbacks over time, Mm -hmm. it usually just kind of comes from, uh, it it, 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 it comes from coaching Mm -hmm. and they acknowledge that you know that's why they made this change now so you don't create bad habits of him trying to run a, an offense that's overly complex without the personnel around him so yeah, yeah
1: it, how are yeah. you how are you getting into Bryce Young right now what are you trying to do are you trading draft picks are you trying to move players if so do you have an example of what you would try to do to get into him um i've generally draft picks but
0: you brought one up off air before we started recording that i'm really intrigued by which is kenny pickett Mm -hmm. obviously you still have to add something to kenny pickett but that something that plus that sweetener is smaller than it's ever going to be again right now so i kind of like that move a lot
1: their, their situations are so similar. It's just the timeline has been extended on Kenny Pickett a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have a little bit less runway where we can afford, um, you know, to hold on to a Kenny Pickett. So I would be willing to add a wide receiver three, you know, insert wide receiver three here, um, a tight end between eight and 15, if that gets it done um, in a non tight end premium league. Or a lower end older RB two. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somewhere like somewhere in the second round pick range, mid second round pick range, um, added on top. I, I prefer to do it in players. Um, that way, I've sort of moved the value away the um, the uncertainty of that value away and into an asset that I believe in a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Draft picks are just so important to like, that's kind of how we stock up on running backs. So, Uh um, yeah, yeah. You want as many bites at that apple as you can get. So yeah, if you can get it done for with, uh, with, you know, lesser quarterbacks and, you know, some wide receiver depth, especially if you're getting somebody out of the way who, you know, is unlikely to make it into your lineup. Like Mm that, you just, you just win that deal all over the place, you know? Yeah. Um, let's talk about some lineup hacks real quick. And I'm just going to fly through these because I'm just going strength the schedule for the rest of the season. I tried to go a little bit deeper. So guys that, uh, you could consider, um, consider benching, uh, if they've got a bad, Strength of schedule. So, like us, like we were talking about earlier, like Jalen Hurts is going to be really hard for you to bench at any point. Geno Smith, though, he has the second worst remaining strength of schedule. Jalen Hurts has the worst. Geno Smith has the second worst, and he's got the exact same two matchups with Dallas and then San Francisco the next two weeks. Uh, So he's one that you could consider getting on the bench. Um, If you're not going to sell him, like Tommy said, Uh, at running back, Brian Robinson, get him on the bench. Second worst strength of schedule for running backs. Um, Tank Dell, second worst strength of schedule for wide receivers and Logan Thomas, fourth worst strength of schedule rest of season for tight ends. And then some guys that you can, uh, that you're going to want to try and find a way to get into your lineup. Josh Dobbs. Has the third best schedule uh, for the rest of the season. Jalen Warren ha- is tied for the third best strength of schedule. Deontay Johnson has the best schedule, and George Pickens, for that matter. But Deontay Deontay Johnson seems like to be seems to be the much uh, the the higher priority, um, but has the best strength of schedule for the remainder of the season. And then a tight end, a couple sleepers for you to consider: David Njoku and. Either Mo Alley-Cox, actually, it looks like maybe Will Mallory is going to be the top receiving option for the Colts at this point. So, uh, But those are the top two strength of schedules for the rest of the season for the tight end position.
1: Yeah, I love those. It's it's time to sort of stack up the back of your roster and make any trades if you can to get these guys on your team because we're at limited opportunities now um, to – actually make a difference on your roster i mean we're, we're trying to move 55 45 bets to 60 40 bets essentially is what we're trying to do with these heads up matchups we've got coming up and these are the best teams in the league too so you need to be trying to find upside wherever you can because being average is not going to do it anymore yep absolutely
0: what should we talk about we only have a few minutes left but uh what should we get to on strategy do you think
1: Man, I want to put a call out to the super friends if that's okay. Yeah. Um, you and I have been chomping at the bit to just have an hour to talk about strategy and and that's coming soon. We have a lot of what I think are pretty good ideas, but I wanna I wanna throw it out to the super friends. What do you guys want us to talk about this offseason? Um, what topics really matter to you? We've we've done a lot of actionable content, and I wanna keep it in that vein. But we have an opportunity soon to just like take a breath and talk about strategy in a really theoretical way and then sort of marry it to the actionable content. Um, You know, you and I can we can popcorn a few ideas we've been talking about if you want. But I I mostly just want to hear what the super friends are interested in, because, A, I've been talking with some of them in DMs and they're really bright people. And they've got thoughts that are a little different than ours, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's we say it at the end of the, of every episode. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're trying to involve more people in the conversation because the more people who are who are joining the Superflex conversation with us, uh, you know, by sharing thoughts and and questions and ideas, you know, the the more likely we are to catch something that somebody else is, you know, it. it very specifically dealing with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that's a great approach. I mean, we can kind of talk broadly about, about strategy all the time, but you know, there are times where there's a lot of nuance involved. Totally. And yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm sure you have the same experience the the DMs that I get, there's a ton of, of nuance that, you know that otherwise wouldn't get covered on the podcast
1: exactly and like working through that helps me in my leagues you know we're in we're in the same league john ta6 right for for an example i have gotten lucky the last few weeks i've made some trades and they've hit really really well like i've guessed right um and i've been dming with a super friend and it's just like We're talking through what to do when you're right, because there's an element of luck to that, of picking the right players, of making the deal at the right time. How do you capitalize on that? Is it smart to double down and try to pick the right players again? Or do you take those winnings, quote unquote winnings, and find ways to leverage them, to capitalize on them in ways that are different than how you found your initial gains? Those are the types of conversations that I've been having with the super friends, and I really enjoy them. And I just I want more of that in the conversations, especially this offseason. So if you have thoughts, if you have ideas, that's an opportunity to share them with us. And if you want to show up on an episode, I'd like to set aside a few this offseason to just interview, chat with, talk strategy, um, and and some of the scenarios that y'all are working through as you build up your teams in the offseason.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll do plenty of, you know, listener question episodes and yeah. Um, yeah. A, a a lot of different ways to, uh, to, you know, to, to get in on your specific strategy and, um, you know, kind of see what we can, in what ways can we kind of massage it? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's how you go about it when you've got you know, several thousand people listening and uh, they all have different ideas and different questions. So, so I like, I like it. it. Yeah. Uh, you can, you can DM me as super flex dude. You can DM Tommy at FF B um, always let us know, is this something that you want talked about on the podcast or is it time sensitive? Um, I always just assume it's time sensitive and just answer immediately. But if you tell me, yeah, like this is something that you guys could talk about on the podcast. Um, we would, uh, we would, we would love to, um, uh, be able to share those thoughts and ideas, uh, with the rest of the super friends.
1: Yeah, totally. All right. We've got our, our action plan, our SOPs for the week. What do you say we wrap it up?
0: Yep. All this left for you to do is go and execute. So yeah, let's go ahead and wrap the, this one up for the week. And as we do that, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, You can also subscribe to the DLF family podcast mega feed rate and review the show. If you would, we just talked about that. So I won't, I won't, uh, I won't be redundant, but, uh, rate those ratings and reviews really do help us. You can get at us on X again. I'm at SuperflexDude, dude. He's at FF Tommy B. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James, the brain, Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to heart and soul radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and
1: super flexy.